This podcast is meant for mature audiences only and contains strong sexual language. couple we talk about our experiences in the lifestyle for those of you who are listening to us for the first time where y'all been at (laughs) um okay so this episode is really going to be about why diversity is important for hotel and resort takeovers and we actually have a treat to this episode we're going to be talking to kate from wonderless swingers formerly known as swinging down under um and if you have not checked out our, her podcast, uh, it, her, the link to uh, where you've been at, um, <laughs> the link to her podcast will be in the show notes. Uh, we ended up having a really long discussion um, and I had to I had to tease it, sort of cut it down uh, quite substantially due to both uh, some technical issues uh, and due to the fact that the conversation um uh, went a little bit longer than expected, but um, but we we had a rich discussion um, on um, diversity and lifestyle, and I chose to sort of concentrate our episode on that. So you'll hear hear about that in a minute. I've got to I got to tell you, I'm I am exhausted right now. Same. I'm exhausted because we have been trying to prepare for this PCAP trip for like well, I've been preparing for like three weeks. Why do you think I ain't been preparing? You tell me what you've been doing for the last three weeks. I've been trying to get these outfits together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have been, like, sewing and stitching and shit. Mm-hmm. I've just been shopping on Amazon. <laughs> but I'm excited because I got all my costumes together. Yeah. And, you know, it takes me, like, it, it, it does take me three weeks to pack because I can't I can't do it in one sitting because I'll forget a whole bunch of shit. And so throughout the, you know, throughout the weeks up to the event, I just remember little things to put in. I'm like, oh, you know what? Shampoo. Let me just throw that in there now. <laughs> All right. Toothpaste. Deodorant. All right. Let me throw that in. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be like a Monday or something. And I'd be like, oh, you know what? I definitely need some socks. <laughs> let me throw that in there. And, you know, Tuesday is coming along and I might be watching TV and then TV reminds me I need to put I need to put my drawers. How does TV remind you about your drawers? I don't know. Underwear commercials and shit. Actually, I'm lying. I haven't seen an underwear commercial. Right. I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, maybe it's like subliminal. I watch a lot of superhero shows and, you know, Mm. they wear their underwear outside their uh, uniform. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Like, you know, I was watching Invincible and then I saw Omni-Man. I don't even know if he has that kind of costume. Mm. Wait, we finished it, though. Oh, you were rewatching it? I rewatched all of them episodes. It's a <laughs> damn shame. The shit that you don't see me watching, like, I, 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 I watched Tenet like 10 yeah, no, times already. Like I watched <laughs> Invincible. Like, I've been recommending that show to everybody. The show is so dope. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not a repeat watcher. Yo, there's so much little, there's a lot of little details you catch, man. You'd be surprised at how much you enjoy a, a show um, watching it the second time. Um. Anyway, are you, do you do you have all your outfits ready for PCAP? Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> it, it's going to be what it is here in a minute, though. <laughs> what do you mean? Whatever's in that bag is what it's going to be. I mean, I don't, I have, I have all the costumes packed. I don't have, I have like costumes packed and swimsuits. Mm-hmm. And that's it. <laughs> I don't have no clothes packed. You got no clothes packed? No. What the fuck are you going to do tonight? Pack. Oh, shit. All right. Well, well. I had to repack for you. I had to pack the costumes. I had to pack the baby stuff. You didn't have to repack for me. You just yeah, had actually, to organize. I did. You yeah. just had to organize. That basically, so I had to, yeah. So my shit gets done last. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wish I could be more helpful. This just mm-hmm. isn't. This this is not. This is not my skill set. You can bathe a dog. That's also not my skill set. I've ba- I bathed I I bathed the baby. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. I bathed the baby. And you know what? I'm editing this episode. That's going to take some motherfucking time. Mm, okay. Shit. This episode has been a pain in my ass. This, this truth, has been yo. the longest <laughs> ever. It's just the sound wasn't working. Like, um, like I had just said, like, um, you know, uh, we we were great to we we were lucky to get Kate on the show. Um, so y- you guys are gonna enjoy that. Um, but yo, like there were, there were some problems with our, with our audio for some reason. Kate sounded just glorious, but mm-hmm. like something was fucking going on. I don't know if we got some, some spirits, just some, <laughs> some anti-swinger spirits in the house. <laughs> it's like y'all motherfucking freaks. Y'all going straight to hell. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to throw a bunch of random noise in your audio. <laughs> Fuck. Um, so anyway, uh, but we're we're tired, but we're excited. Um, I'll be excited when I step off the plane in Miami. <laughs> That's when I'll be excited. I'm just kind of thinking I need to learn how to take naps because naps might be like crucial, especially for Thursday. Oh, yeah. I was like, well, you're going to be on your own driving tomorrow. So no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not worried about the um, <laughs> And yeah, I'm going to have to take some naps in there too because we went um, and we might, I don't know if we'll talk about this on our Patreon, but we went to dinner the other night and like we were drinking wine, the whole, just wine, just only wine. Well, we had a couple of glasses of champagne. I think. Okay. So some champagne <laughs> and some wine. And the next day, Sunday, oh my God, it was the worst day ever. I don't, we weren't, I was, was that a hangover? I don't even know we were hungover, but it was like, we were completely dysfunctional. (laughs) You know what I was thinking like that morning? Cause it wasn't, it it was unlike any hangover I've ever experienced. Uh It was just, it was just a day of like blah and just (laughs) like, yo, like we usually enjoy our Sundays and that Sunday everything was was a struggle. Like I didn't have a hang, I didn't have a headache. I wasn't dizzy. Yeah. I did not feel dehydrated, but something just wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And you know what I think it is? Like we 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 run a pretty healthy lifestyle. Yeah. And I I think we're so used to having really healthy bodies and we <laughs> forgot what it was like to be like just sluggish. Yeah. <laughs> and it felt like a hangover, but what it really was is we just weren't on the top of our game. <laughs> But I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's just what hangovers feel like at this age. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. That shit sucked. It did. It was terrible. Um, but that was actually dinner with George um, mm-hmm. that we'll be talking about on another um, episode. Um, but uh, the 
which was really fun. I actually really enjoyed that dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, our, but just you mentioned Patreon, our Patreon members, and I'm just gonna say like while we're in Miami, mm-hmm. um, we will be talking a lot about. I mean, we'll we'll be recording stuff um, for our Patreon members. Oh, okay. I was like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> um, and that's gonna be fun. Because uh, yeah. I, I feel like our Patreon members get our drunk voices <laughs> in a way that our regular listeners don't. <laughs> and you'll be getting a lot of those voices. Probably. And it's going to be interesting. Yeah. We're going to be taking some charcoal pills, though, um, yeah. to make sure we're, we we stay on point for the following day. Anyway, um, let's... Uh, Let's move on to the hit list. Belle, why don't you tell folks what the hit list is, just in case they're listening for the first time? So the hit list is basically um, a list of folks, celebrities, semi-celebrities, people we just seen around the block that, you know, we might like to get down with. Thank you. Well said. And we're going to get right into that now. It's time for the hit list. So there's this new HBO show I've been watching called The Nevers. And it's like fantasy period drama thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm watching the last episode and I'm not exactly sure what's going on. But there's this guy who's a doctor in the show. Um, he His name is his real name the actor's name is Zachary Momo um and he's British British Nigerian um and he's played in some other stuff we've seen him in he was in that um that series seven seconds with um was that Regina King Hell no! That oh yeah, it was Regina King. Yeah, it, it was, was Regina, Regina King. King. You're right. I was <laughs> I was thinking about the other black actress um, that played in that show that I'm not too much of a fan of, but she got some big ass lips. Uh, okay, I know who you're talking about. Okay. You know who I'm talking about? No. Are you serious? No. It's the the main the woman who played the cop in Seven Seconds. Oh 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 oh! I know who you're talking about. Yes. Um. Dick. <laughs> oh. So yeah, and he was also in the movie Harriet. Um, so he's done he's done a lot of recent work, but he looks he's he's very nice. And the thing, I was like, you know, I like. Can you describe him? He is tall and dark skin, and he does have thick lips, um, and not I would say like a medium deep voice. Mm-hmm. I never asked you. Are you a fan of men with thick th- thick lips? Yes. I mean, I prefer them over uh, thin lips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. Does a man with thick lips, is he better at performing cunnilingus? I don't know. I've never, like, taken a survey and, like, assessed whether the diameter of the lips (laughs) improves the performance. Yeah, I definitely know that thick lips means better blowjobs for me. (laughs) Um, Because, like, when I reflect on women who have been able to give good blowjobs, they've all had good big lips. Mm. You're clearly not reflecting on the men who've given you good head in the past. But I don't have big lips. Your lips, you have, you don't have, your, your lips are very present. Yeah, but they're not like, I wouldn't consider myself having, like, thick Lips. But you give amazing blowjobs. Right. So I'm like, here's a conundrum. You're right. 
<laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Maybe I just don't know. I'm not paying attention. Um, all right. So um, my hit list target is Deborah Deborah Ayunde. Um, so we started watching the show on Amazon called Them. And Them is a show about a black family that moved moves to from the South to uh, Compton. And it's supposed to be kind of a horror. Um, it oh. is a horror, not kind of. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a horror like in the, in the vein of like Stanley Kubrick style horror. And it is not a show I would actually recommend to people because it, for black people in particular, I don't think this show is for us. I don't think the show. Who is, is it for? for? I think it's a show for white people mm-hmm. to understand the horror of slavery for us. But we don't need to watch a show to remind us about the horror of slavery. Mm-mm. I think a lot of us are for, uh, not slavery, sorry, racism. Um, but like, I don't need to see the horror of racism. Um, because black people just, we have to see it right now. <laughs> and I feel like this show had eight episodes of just black, like, like just racism, horrific mm-hmm. racism. And I'm just like, yo, this show is hard to watch. Like this, we don't need to see this shit. Right. Like it is hard to fucking watch some of the things that happen to this black family and black people in general. I almost like want to send a letter to the creator and just be like, yo, stop making movies like this. Mm-hmm. If it's for us, like just stop making movies like this. Yeah. We do not need it. Um, so, but anyway, uh, Deborah Yernde is a, um, she plays the wife in the film. And she is extremely sexy. Like, she's this dark-skinned woman, um, beautiful eyes, just very seductive eyes. Uh, And she has a nice body. And what I like about this character is she does crazy very well. Like, there are scenes where she's just psychotic because racism is literally driving her crazy. And... I, I just think she's she's just fucking sexy. Like mm. I want to see her play like a psycho. I want to see her play like a Joker type character who's just fucking psycho and just like Hannibal Hannibal Lecter style psychopath. <laughs> I want to see her her play that kind of role because when she went crazy, when she went bonkers in certain mm-hmm. scenes, I was like, oh my god, this is better than most porn I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want me to be more crazy? Um, no. I do not need you to be more crazy than you actually are. I don't need that. You ain't never seen me come on this podcast and be like, you know, Belle, I want to try something new. I need you to be a psycho. I'm saying you were saying she was looking real sexy being crazy. So I was like, you know, maybe I just need to amp it up a little. Um, no, I think you're, 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 you're amped the right amount of crazy. Um, yeah, you have a good crazy baseline. Okay, thank you. Um, you are listening to the Black and Kinky Lifestyle Podcast. Hey, fellow BNK fans, I know y'all are enjoying the show, but damn, we have to wait a month for each episode. I don't know about you, but that's way too long for me. That is one of the many reasons I support Bomber and Bell on Patreon. They release content on their Patreon every week. 
I really can't get enough of their Pillow Talk episodes where they get real personal. And girl, it's like having a backstage pass to your favorite artist. It also doesn't hurt to hear my name shouted out every episode and have ready access to the Bell and the Bomber through their private chat. If y'all want to join in the fun, head to www.patreon.com forward slash black and kinky and donate a few dollars a month to keep the show going. I know it's for a good cause and all that, but I'm just trying to get my fair share of this sexy ass podcast. Speaking of which, I'm finna finish this episode. All right, so... Now that we've done that, um, we're going to run right into, uh, we're going to just move right into our episode with uh, Kate from Swinging Down Unders, form, ah, Wonderlust Swingers, formerly known as Swinger Down, Swinging Down Under. This was actually a really interesting discussion. Um, so like I said, the, today's episode is going to be about um, diversity in hotel and resort takeovers. And this was a really insightful discussion um, so, so Kate's awesome. Um, if you haven't heard of Wonderless Swingers, you need Wonderless Swingers. You need to check it out. Um, they actually had a recent episode where they were talking about um, uh, different sexual preferences. Mm. Um, so you know, pansexual, mm, mm-hmm. bisexual, and mm-hmm. there's like twelve other ones. Mm-hmm. We're gonna set. We're gonna have an episode on that one day. Mm-hmm. Um, but they actually, she was actually um, with Average Swingers, and apparent, you know, she's been staying with them uh, while she's been in Texas. And um, th- it was it was a really interesting discussion because <laughs> they got really candid about the, the, the bad habits they have, you know, just kind of staying together. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, check that out. It's actually a really fun podcast. Um, we'll have all that information in the show notes. But we're just going to assume that most of you know who she is and we're just going to roll right into the discussion. Um, but if you have not um, again, if you haven't heard of this podcast before, or if you haven't listened, check it out. Like I, I, I really urge you guys to do that. Um, uh, and we're now going to jump right into it. So Kate, you've been on the, you've, you've been doing this, uh, podcast for about five years. Is that right? Yeah, just, it's just, it's almost coming on six years. I just oh. actually, I, the only reason I looked at the date recently was because we started pretty fresh in our journey and I was trying to understand how many years we've been in the lifestyle. So it's <laughs> almost on point. So let me just say, uh, I've been listening to your show. Like I listen to it religiously. Um, I know that you've been on ASN um, and you are, as our listeners may have been uh may have realized <laughs> in the last few episodes we've done uh you're the founder of uh podcast apalooza um and you've had a few events uh, could you just talk a little bit about yeah, that yeah it's it's a hard one to take because we actually started the idea of pcap so many years ago and mm-hmm. then started doing some desire events and desire takeovers and then mm-hmm. finally rebranded to more of this understanding of bringing more of the community in mm-hmm. um and then since then yeah we've we kind of tested the waters in new york city um, with a small loft event before we started thinking about bigger events. And of course, COVID happened. So we did a few online events uh, just for just for good measures as well. So let me just say, I am, I'm a little starstruck right now, uh, Kate. Um, and I was really surprised um, to, to learn uh, that you, you listen to our episodes because every now and again, you would, um, you would send a message uh, in response to some of our episodes. Uh, and I was um, really in- impressed by some of the, th- the reflections you've had on some of our discussions on race, um, which, is, which is really atypical. Um, 
And you've been able to give me some new perspectives uh, just looking at race uh, from a global perspective and how it can play out in the lifestyle. And so uh, I'm wondering if you could just say a little bit more about um, your perspective and experiences uh, around race in the lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, it is a, and you guys did a great job recently on on race and lifestyle part three. I thought that was really, really insightful. And I think I mentioned to you as part of that, there is definitely race play that exists, uh, particularly down in down in Asia, Mm. And it is really derogatory race play um, mm-hmm. about about your status, you know, in, in the world, in, in your community and society in general. And definitely uh, we we see it all over the world. Um, you know, in Australia, you get certain races that are that are fetishized, like uh, particularly Asian women in Australia mm. can be fetishized. A lot of men might be interested in not a lot of men. That's that's a not an appropriate term, but some men might be particularly interested in that. And, um, and, and in Asia, in Singapore and in the Philippines and in Thailand, uh, Vietnam, Vietnam, Cambodia, those sorts of places, you know, you do meet a certain type of um, male more specifically, more often that is, I guess, targeting a certain type of, uh, you know, individual in those countries, um, mm. particularly those developing countries. And uh, so, yeah, we've, we've definitely seen it all over the world. And um I mean, language is also an interesting part of that. You know, how do you really get consent when you're in the middle of a happening club in Japan? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how, how do you really get consent if you're in a, in a Spanish club and everybody in there speaking, you know, sorry, if you're in a, in a club in Spain and people are speaking Spanish or maybe a little bit of German or something like that and you're yep. in there going, I'm English, I don't know, I'm sorry, yeah. I, I speak English poorly, you know, I'm Australian. <laughs> so, um, you know, there is definitely diversity out there that exists around the world in the lifestyle but definitely as a result of that there is you know racism that exists in lifestyle as well all right so we're going to jump into the topic today and the topic today is going to be all about uh hotel takeovers resort takeovers um and particularly around diversity um and why diversity is important in hotel takeovers and, and resort takeovers and that kind of thing um but before we jump into that um, and just start talking about diversity. I wanted to make sure we grounded our audience in exactly what we're talking about when we say hotel takeovers or resort takeovers. It is. It is. It seems like such a simple question, but it's actually it's really broad because when some people say I'm going to a hotel takeover this weekend, it might actually be a hotel floor takeover. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not the whole hotel. Right. It might just be a one night thing versus perhaps a three or four day thing. So they're so they're as broad, I think, as as the way people approach the lifestyle. To be honest, but I mean, in general sense, a hotel takeover. The whole hotel takeover means that an event organizer has bought out the entire hotel, meaning no no public people can attend or get access to the facilities. That means that it's an entirely private party and people would buy tickets to that event. There may be, you would get the hotel room. There may be things in the ballroom or the convention room. There may be seminars or education classes. There might be DJs brought in, dancing. You know, you're taking over the bar, so there's cocktails flowing. It can be very, very vast. Um, mm-hmm. But generally speaking, it's for people to come together away from their home. So getting out of the house, kind of putting away that mom and dad or, or you know, your professional lives back in that house and being able to explore freely in what feels like public, but it's still private because you can't have, you can't go into that hotel takeover unless you've uh, bought the ticket. So I guess for me, that's kind of the, the essence of it. People want to go there and they want to feel like they can be public, but still a little bit private. So, Belle, um, what were some of the hotel takeovers or resort takeovers that we went to? 
So we've been to a Synergy Hotel Takeover. And then we've been to the um, Friction uh, Hotel Takeover. Uh, we also did Naughty, which is a hotel, technically a hotel takeover, although it has more elements um, than that. And I think that's it. Yeah. And, and what was like your favorite what was your what was your favorite one? Oh, out of those, Naughty was definitely my favorite one. Yeah, Naughty was like the hotel takeovers of hotel takeovers yeah. um, for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess uh, I mean, what is it that you like about hotel takeovers? Um, I like that kind of everybody is all in the same place, so there's no question about like if you're running into somebody in the hotel, typically uh, they're you know, they're a part of your party. Um, they're, you know, so you know who's who. Um, and then I like the being able to like, you know, engage in the activities and then going back to your room and taking a break. Um, cause I enjoy taking breaks. <laughs> I mean, the one thing I, yeah, so I, I would agree with all of that. Um, you could always sort of escape to your room and all of that. Um, if the, if the party's getting a little too crazy, but I mean, you know, there's just some memorable, uh, moments, at hotel takeover is just uh you know just having a conversation with someone in a hall like sometimes it'll just be a crowd of people like some of them will have their titties out you know some people be butt-ass naked going from room to room and you know you could just be chilling in the hallway and having a conversation i remember the hallway conversations just being yep. like what i liked a, a lot about hotel takeovers and you know it's all you know some of the conversations that happen in the elevators elevators can be really interesting um mm -hmm. so i'm wondering kate uh what have been like some of the best hotel slash resort takeovers for you yeah it depends on what i'm in the mood for so you know if i'm looking for that more seminar based experience versus if I'm looking for more of a party you know I think mm -hmm. you, you mentioned friction there as well and yeah some of the friction parties do lend themselves to be a little bit more sometimes EDM based crowds you know and so it is more about the the party so it, it's a mix I mean honestly and you mentioned naughty in New Orleans um I mean that is yeah a huge hotel multiple hotel takeovers mm -hmm. in fact and and they are fantastic, but of course they are very, very large. And, and, you know, mm -hmm. we, I remember our first time there, it was quite overwhelming. Um, the last time I went back, we were a little bit, a little bit better about it. Um, but generally speaking, the hotel takeovers that we've been to are, I don't want to say small, cause it's still probably 200 people, but it's around mm -hmm. that, kind of that mm -hmm. spot where it's, it's not so overwhelming. You can maybe still make a connection and remember who the people were you know, versus maybe going on a cruise ship or something where there's 3,000 people there and you don't see the same person twice kind of thing. So the hotel takeovers we've gone to haven't quite been, in our experience, as diverse. Um, would you agree with that, Bill? Yeah, I mean, the only one that's been diverse was probably Naughty, and that was probably because just the sheer number of people that were there. Right, and we actually mm -hmm. went there... Yeah. Um, we actually went there with some friends who told us uh that that particular naughty uh and I, I think that was maybe a year year and a half ago or something like that um was the most diverse naughty mm -hmm. that they had um that they had been to um they haven't been to one that had that many black people in particular um and that was actually the first time um that was the first time we met you that that time uh we went to naughty but um would you agree was that particularly a a, a relatively more diverse um year for naughty 
I, I would agree. I would agree with that. Actually, in in my experience, definitely when we were both on site, I would I would say absolutely. You know, you saw people from all over the mm-hmm. US from all over from different backgrounds different cultures and then also a lot of global people coming in as well from from flying in from different locations and so I think definitely that last one and I don't know whether that's just because now they've been operating for so long and they're a known right. entity and more people feel like they they can come and have a good time uh, whether it's because someone's taken a chance and then told their friends and then they're coming along and their community is more aware of it so I don't know but yeah I'd agree the last one was definitely much more diverse than what I've seen uh, in previous years. So I guess the first question I throw out to the group is, is there something specifically about hotel takeovers and resort takeovers that make diversity more, that makes diversity really important in a way that it might not be as important for other events? Um, Well, I mean, yes, I, I think it's always important too, but it is it is a tough one, I think, for for these larger multiple day events sometimes to make sure that you're putting the word out there, make sure that people feel comfortable in the space. And, and what I mean by that is, if you go to a club and it's um, you know one night, it's quite easy to walk back out that door if you're not mm-hmm. feeling the people inside that club or you're not feeling right. the environment. It's much harder to do if you've flown all the way to Mexico, or flown all the way to um, Jamaica, or you've you know you've really committed to to a hotel event. It's it's, it's much more commitment. And, and I think that that in itself is probably something we need to tackle is how do we put ourselves out there in a position where people feel that it's safe to come, people feel that, you know, it is, it is a worthwhile commitment for them. Um, so I think it is extremely important because then the more people feel like they can explore that, the better. I think what's probably happening out there is you might have a certain subset of people that's listening to maybe even a podcast talk about this going, well, I can't go to that because I don't know, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I think that's the issue. That's the inherent issue. There is not necessarily what, well, I mean, the concern is how do we get people there, but it is the fact that somebody out there would be listening to somebody talking about that and go, well, I can't do that. And I think that's the, that's the issue that we need to break down. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think that definitely where we had the better time, we had at least one other couple at the event that we knew was there um, and so that just makes it a nicer experience. Um, I think, you know, friction, we didn't know any couples going in um, to that event. And we also didn't have as good of a time. So I think it's, you know, important, <clears throat> the kind of word of mouth is important um, for, you know, a couple to say, hey, you know, we, we had a decent enough time at this event, but it would be even better, you know, if we all went as a group. Um, you know, you kind of need that one couple to vouch for the event and then draw uh, the rest of the, you know, the, the group uh, there. Uh, the reputation of the, you know, event is everything. You know, if um, if black folks have a good sense that they're going to have a good time if they go to this event, um, then they will go to the event. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's that simple. Now, I think that there is a temptation to believe um, for some folks, and I'm just, I'm going to speak for my people right now, uh, that, you know, you don't see a lot of black people at these events because uh, these events are really expensive um, and, you know, black people don't got money like that. I'm telling y'all right now, that's bullshit, okay? Um, black people do got money, and we got we, we have enough of it to spend on an event. 
but going to an event can be a, a gamble. Like, you know, yeah, you got to spend, you got to spend the money. You got to take the time off. Um, and it's like, yo, if I'm going to do all of that, I need to know that it's going to be worth it. And if the reputation isn't there, um, then, you know, black folks might not show up. You know, I think when it came to like events like Naughty, um, events like, um, gosh, uh, what's the other one we went to Synergy, uh, that's a local one. Um, people knew that, you know, word of mouth traveled. Um, the other thing that I'll say is, you know, sometimes little individual racist incidents out, outside of the promoters and outside of the staff or whatever can happen. Like on the Bliss Cruise, we had a couple of issues happen. Um, and like there was a dude, one dude walking around with a Confederate flag. Now, I don't want to make it sound like the Bliss Cruise was like there, there was like an excessive amount of racism going on on site. That's not true. And there were a couple of things that happened. Um, but it's like, even though those things happened, we weren't like, okay, we're not coming back to this, you know, vacation or we're not coming back to this place again. Um, and so it's, it's like, you know, I think for black folks, it really is about the reputation. It really, it really is that simple. Um, and I think that can trump even some of these negative interactions that might happen in less diverse spaces. Can I, can I flip that? Can I flip a question yeah. back to your side then? I mean, coming coming off that experience, and you're right. I mean, it's it's the action sometime of one individual is is not the event host's um, mm-hmm. responsibility. You know, they can't right. control everybody and what they're doing. Right. <laughs> yes, and um, you know, thinking about what we could do in that scenario is, could we after discuss with the event host? So, dropping bliss an, an email or something like that says, "Hey, mm-hmm. these things mm-hmm. happen." what's in your code mm-hmm. of conduct or maybe what is what information are you putting out there for your guests to maybe help them better understand some of the expectations on them as right. guests, you know? So not necessarily saying to like, this is your fault, but saying, Hey, here's some helpful things. Like how can we all fix this? So the next time we're back on that cruise or a new person is, or what have you, that maybe they don't experience those, those, mm-hmm. those small things. And the attendees are very well aware of the expectations mm-hmm. on them to, yeah. to yeah, and I wanted to. I was wondering if you could just talk a little bit about some of the things you did because you took some specific steps that I haven't seen promoters take um, in terms of uh, addressing some of those those individual um, awkward situations that could come about, uh, specifically around uh, theme nights um, and the kind of costume and makeup people might put on and portray. Could you talk a little bit about some of the things you did there? Yeah, it is interesting because, you know, we had this conversation about themes and how some themes could, and I know you guys have a blog on your website, blackandkinkylifestyle.com, about this exact thing where some themes could lend themselves to being racist and the person may or may not be aware of what they, I mean, blackface is a totally inappropriate, I mean, how you could not be aware of that is is mind-blowing, but we'll take little things like Indian headdress, for example, um, you know, right. wearing right. wearing a bead uh, in the, in the middle of your forehead. These are very mm-hmm. cultural things that you know can be offensive. And so, one of the things yeah. in our policy, we do speak at the, the bottom of our theme guide, but it's actually also in our code of conduct, and it will be uh, given out to to all attendees before they go. Again, is um, 
cultural appropriation or misappropriation, you know, just being aware of it um, and these things. And I did link an article in there because like I said, maybe sometimes people don't know, they see a little bindi bead and they think that looks lovely and, uh, and they go off and do it. It's um, very similar to, you know, tattoos coming out of Thailand uh, with the Buddha representation on it, that sort of thing. It is very inappropriate. Mm, and yeah. Not a lot of Australians knew that when they went there and tried to get tattoos, you know, and so it's just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we did put out a policy about it and uh, we'll, we'll continue to, to mention that. And certainly, you know, as part of our having things like security on site 24 seven, you know, is really important to us because if anything like that does occur, uh, we have a policy to just remove people from site, no questions asked. Um, I really think it's important for organizers to have more forethought these days. You know, we live in, We're in a time where, you know, oh, we have to be, you know, real sensitive and and real PC and almost coddling folks about, you know, making sure that there are policies in place so that, you know, people are doing, you know, the right thing and doing what they're supposed to do and, you know, being adults and acting appropriately um, and keeping in mind, you know, all of the, the different kinds of individuals that are in an environment um, so I, I, and I think it's important that, you know, some of that is <laughs> preempted mm-hmm. with certain policies and like the code of conduct that you have so that there doesn't have to be a more reactionary, uh, response to, you know, sometimes inappropriate behavior. That's what I was going to say. I, I think it's not necessarily, you know, coddling people. I think the, the difference here is actually having the conversations because more often than not, you know, Maybe people haven't had those conversations. Maybe they're just blissfully ignorant. Um, and or maybe we do need to have these conversations and, and learn a little bit. You know what I mean? So understanding why, not necessarily an aggressive way, but understanding, well, why, what is, tell me more about that. Help me understand. And then next time I can go, okay, shit, I, I had no idea. And thank you for, you know, educating me. Thank you for letting me know. You know, I think they, these are important topics to talk about. Yeah, you know, and I think that's really important because at the end of the day, um, people want to have a good time. People want to essentially get their nut. And you know what I mean? When when it comes to um, folks getting their nut, you know, if, if, if it, you know, if it means people have to be educated um, and have to, you know, um, talk about some of these things in order to know some of the things not to do that might get in the way of their nut, that that is good for them. You know, I think it's a each one teach one thing. Um, and I think this is like we're, this isn't about coddling. It's like performing a public service. It's like, yo, um, essentially, you know, somebody might do something that could offend the bell. And the thing is, it could have a ripple effect. If it affects, if it offends the bell, then it offends me because, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm invested in making sure, you know, bell is safe and is having a good time. And her friends might be, you know, interested in the same 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 thing. So this ripple effect, it might affect a whole group of lifestylers. And now all of those lifestylers think that, you know, person X is being an asshole because he didn't know that he couldn't, you know, put shoe polish on his face and be Biggie for a theme party, um, you know, that focused on the MTV Video Music Awards. He didn't know that. If he did know that, he wouldn't have did it. So, you know, I think we are just helping folks get closer to their nut. Because regardless, at the end of the day, I think people in the lifestyle are well-intentioned because um, uh, they're just trying to have a good time. Nobody wants to be out there um, and be an asshole. 
Yeah, it's a it's a help me help you moment. Let's let's uh, not stop us all from getting laid because, like you said, it's a it's a ripple effect not just with Bell's friends, but even at the event, someone's like, "Oh, that person over there did this thing." Oh God. So another thing that we thought about um, regarding what brings people of color to hotel takeovers and resort takeovers is just the content creators and sex educators and. Um, what spurred this is something, Bell, you had mentioned that I thought was a really interesting observation about Coachella. Do you remember? Yeah. So basically I was like, well, one of black people was trying to go to Coachella until Beyonce was performing at Coachella. Um, so, I, and obviously, you know, there were other, you know, some black people going, but it wasn't, it didn't become this big thing until like, you know, black artists were performing there. And so then more black people wanted to attend and, you know, when people, people are going to go support, you know, whoever they're, they're a fan of. Right. Um, and so they're going to mm-hmm. be drawn to whatever the event is. They just want to see their person. And so like for Naughty in New Orleans, they had a lot of educators that were black, which drew, you know, black attendees because some of them were familiar with, you know, those educators and they wanted to go and, you know, be with them, see them, interact with them, um, whether or not they knew about, uh, you know, what Naughty was about or anything like that. But having those educators there gave the event some validity for them, you know, as uh, black people, because, oh, if my, you know, this black creator that I follow is going to be here, this must be legit and something mm-hmm. that, you know, could be worth my time to attend and participate in. Right. Right. And I think relative to sex educators, um, there are probably fewer black pocket, black, black podcasters uh, that uh, really talk about the swinger lifestyle. There are a lot of like, you know, um, black podcasters that talk about alternative you know, relationships, a lot of poly folks, for mm-hmm. example. Um, but yeah, I think I think you're right when it comes to sex educators. And actually, what we are trying to do as well, especially especially next year, you know, if this if this event goes well, next year we are looking to bring in other sex educator and other experts that aren't just podcasters to do a seminar or to do a session with us that are from various walks of life. Um, you know, I mean, I'd love to get somebody like Jet Setting Jasmine and King Noor to come. I mean, that would just be like amazing for me. Um, you know, it's it's within budget, uh, maybe, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, so next year we are looking to to bring in some of those additional voices that aren't just necessarily uh, podcasters, because I think there we can delve into people who are educated and that, and that's why I say edutainment rather than directly education, because, you know, um, I don't have any credentials. So looking to bring in some of those other diverse voices that actually have some some knowledge and credentials to share with us, to share with the attendees. Um, that's not just a personal experience-based thing. So one thing that I appreciated that um, that you did as far as, you know, promoting diversity is, um, is some of the marketing materials that we use to promote uh, the podcast, excuse me, pr- promote the event included actual photos of black people in the event promotion and 
that was really significant because, you know, when I'm on lifestyle sites, I, you know, go on the events page sometimes and I'm just seeing event after event, nothing but white people on the photo, nothing, nothing but white people on the promotional material. And it just sends this message, um, intentionally or not, that like this, this really isn't, don't expect a a diverse event. Um, when you know you come here uh and so i think as far as uh promoting more diversity at these events um that marketing material is really important so sometimes we'll get messages from folks um asking us to promote their event um or asking us to promote their product and one of the first things i have to say is like look if the photos don't have any black people in them like i just i can't, i can't i can't promote this um, so give me, you know, work with me here. Oh, hundred percent. When we were hosting uh, events down in Asia, I mean, you think we had a bunch of just Caucasian old men on the posters, <laughs> no. yeah. you know, uh-huh. we, we, we were representing what, what that would look like, could look like, should look like. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we also do try to stay away from just constant tits and ass, you know, I mean, if yeah. it takes one mm-hmm. scroll of a dating website to see the events on there and just be like, cool, tits and ass, tits and ass. Oh, look, this party, tits and ass. Mm-hmm. So we do try to also stay a little bit away from that and, and set ourselves apart. Now, I mean, our poster last year with the giant eye, very festival, colorful, people weren't a fan of that. You know, I get it. It is, we're bucking <laughs> the trend. People were like, what's going on with your logo? And I'm like, caught your attention though, didn't it? Um, <laughs> so it is, it is different. We'll continue to, to be, to be different. And, and we do try to make sure that our posters are out. Any of our collateral is, is a little bit different to what we're seeing in the lifestyle. And that's purely because I mean, it takes only two seconds to look at some of these resorts and and see that. And it's no wonder why people think they can't go, whether that's Mm, their race, their weight, uh, their socioeconomic, doesn't matter. They look at that poster and they say, oh, that poster does not reflect me. I do not see myself in there and therefore I'm not welcome. I can't go. So, um, yeah, marketing is important. This has been awesome. Thanks so much, Kate. I mean, is there anything you want to let our listeners know before we sign off? Is if you guys out there are listening and you do go to a hotel takeover, you do go to an event or you're listening to content, please do me a favor and send, share your good vibes with them. Let them know what's up. Let them know what you liked because that's how we're all going to create better events and create better content. So that's my plug for today is to leave feedback for the people that you think are doing the right thing. Well, Kate, it was great having you on we really appreciate you being on the show this was a long time coming and i'm so glad we were able to do this me too thanks so much guys um i hope you guys enjoyed that um it was there so i had a question for you mm-hmm. um in in regards to this discussion so one of the things we talked about was if something happened at an event as a person of color something happened that was like racist somebody did something that was racist mm-hmm. um would you so we talked about the idea of people actually mentioning it to the promoters or mentioning it to the event creator mm-hmm. that this thing happened mm-hmm. and i i had thought about it a little after we had recorded um and i don't know do you would if something happened like the idea of you know informing the party promoters about it 
how do you feel about that? Is that something that would happen? Something that you would do? Uh, it depends, like on how egregious the offense. It depends on the event and the promoter. Like if it's some, you know, if it's some random thing, random party, random promoter that I, we don't plan on, you know participating in again and the offense wasn't that egregious maybe not but if it was like you know one of Kate's parties and you know even if it was a small thing I would probably bring it up um but yeah I think it depends on what the context is whether or not I would bring it up why would it why would it matter whether you knew the promoter um because I don't know. I would feel like some loyalty or duty to them Mm -hmm. to share with them. Yeah, I agree with you, but I would, but the reason why I would be less inclined to tell a promoter that I'd be less inclined to tell a promoter that I didn't know over Mm -hmm. a promoter that I did Mm -hmm. because I don't trust the response I'm going to get from a promoter that I don't know. Yeah. So they might, you know, they might not understand or they might completely dismiss my concern. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like now it's like a double hit. Not only did this thing happen, but when I reported it to somebody, they didn't give a shit. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to, I don't want to have to deal with that. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing is, I think there are levels, like if it's something really trivial, um, yeah, I might tell, like you said, I might tell Kate or something like that, but more so in conversation, like, yo, you wouldn't believe what happened. Right. I don't know if I'd want her to do anything about it, mm-hmm. but if it was egregious, um, then I would probably, again, I'd probably have to know the promoter. Um, if it was some shit that I think needs to be handled, mm-hmm. then I would I would let the promoter know that, look, either I'm going to handle this or you're going to handle it. That's mm-hmm. why I would want to tell the promoter. Mm-hmm. Um Otherwise, I think there are levels to this. So I I thought that was interesting. I just wanted to address it. Yes, there was a burlesque show we went to. And for those of you who don't know what burlesque is, God help you. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like a little strip. It's like strip tease. Um, You know. It's 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 really pretentious strip club shit. Um, It's it's the OG (laughs) sexy shit, man. Don't be trying to dance like burlesque. No, burlesque is awesome. Before they had porn, they had burlesque. For well, before I would say before they had strip clubs, they had burlesque. Mm-hmm. You should totally have done a burlesque show for this seminar. That would have been a good intro. Would you have done that? I don't know about that. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, so there was this one. So basically, there was only one black woman burlesque dancer we were there watching like there were like maybe eight dancers or something and there was this one black dancer and you know what burlesque is you know everybody kind of has a theme you know they might be dressed in some 50s outfit or they might be dressed as a private agent you know a secret agent or something Mm -hmm. and then they do their little strip tease and it's really cool um she happened to choose like this Anne Jemima (laughs) like you know domestic slave woman (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, and then she did her little strip tease after reading a article about emancipation. It just had emancipation mm-hmm. written on it. And so she started her strip tease as, after figuring out she was free. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this was during a time where I wasn't really on my hotep shit. 
<laughs> I, I wouldn't call it hotep shit. No. But it was just really, I was, I was, I was very sensitive to, because I think at that time, um, I had just gotten out of school mm-hmm. and I started reading independently. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I started reading a lot of black literature independently. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, that's when I was first like really getting into it. And so when I saw her show, you know, I was like, yo, man, it's like, what the fuck, man? You're using our struggle as some <laughs> entertainment shit. Like, what the fuck? And just just for context, this was a black woman. This was a black woman. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. This was a black woman. And um, but my but I was aiming at the at the at the organizers of the show. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, man, I ain't appreciate that shit, <laughs> son. <laughs> you know, I thought you had emailed her directly. The the burlesque dancer. Nah, oh, I emailed. The, no, the organizer. I emailed oh, the okay. organizer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the organizer was like, you know, basically like, oh, come on Mm. she was having fun up there (laughs) and it was like real dismissive like it wasn't like taking any of my you know concerns into mm -hmm. even if even if they were like even if you didn't agree with them um she didn't even give them a time of day Mm. and and it's that and that that got me really going um (laughs) so then we got into a spat oh Um, i didn't know that happened yeah we did um and and then um you know it got to the point where she was saying that i was being racist against white people because of the shit i was saying what it got real (laughs) so then you know what she does after a while what she puts me in that's that's how i got in touch with the dancer she put me in touch with the dancer Mm -hmm. and then the dancer responded to me mm-hmm. and then that's when i was like oh shit i'm talking to the dancer now right um and it was cool then i let it go i let it slide i was like oh okay cool <laughs> you know she explained i can't even remember what she said it wasn't it wasn't on no like you know she wasn't super intellectual about it she was like oh you know this was just an idea i thought about and blah 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 and the thing is i think for me it was like i was hearing from a sister who was just doing her job who yeah, was just yeah. you know doing her art and i was like you know what you're an artist and you know, this made me feel something. So kudos to making me feel something. Mm. And then I let it, I let it go. Um, but that's the thing. If you expose yourself, I think for black people, when we like, um, express a concern about racism, yeah, we are exposing ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. And Depending on the very, depending on that response we get, it's not like if the response isn't the way we want it to go, that we're just going to be okay. It could actually make it worse. Yeah. It could actually enrage us. It could actually piss us off. And it could actually cause a number of other responses that we don't want to have. And it's, it's almost better to be like, okay, here's this racist incident that happened. Is this something I could tolerate and kind of move past? Or do I just want to keep this shit going a little (laughs) bit longer? Mm -hmm. Um, And usually the um, perspective I have is that I just, if if I could just deal with it and move on, that's fine. But if I see some motherfucking blackface. Yeah, that's a problem. At a party. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the most unpleasant person (laughs) Um, 
to towards that like the organizers are going to want to put out this fire mm-hmm. um and you know but that was like but that's one of those egregious examples yeah. not so much in the 70s apparently everybody was doing that shit um anyway uh i just wanted to say that so anyway um moving on let's talk about facebook fuck shit hey yo what the fuck you ready for some facebook fuck shit Facebook fuck shit. All right, y'all. So this one goes out to all the super fans out there. Um, we'll see how how you all feel if you're super fans like this this gentleman. So it's a text message that was cap uh, screenshotted and posted, and so. There's really no context to this, but I don't think it needs it. All right. So it says, it's not gay. And this is a guy. It's not gay to want sex from your favorite NBA player, by the way. (laughs) A lot of y'all ain't going to understand where I'm coming from, but there are plenty times where I wanted sex from LeBron. Look at that nigga. 6'8", 250 pounds. Who wouldn't? It's not gay. If anything, it's me showing respect to my king. In any way possible, I will try to pleasure him and provide his every need. That's a level of loyalty some of you niggas ain't built to withstand. But that's a story for a different day. Yo. <laughs> you made me break character. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's 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 so funny because I could imagine this nigga like really like he got a mic in his hand like yo you don't know I love LeBron <laughs> I would ride that dick. <laughs> <laughs> That nigga could play some basketball. <laughs> Fuck that. I get on my knees for that nigga. <laughs> I wonder how that nigga act when Obama won the election. <laughs> like I'm walking to the White House backwards, grabbing my ankles. <laughs> Cause I love my president. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> I have never. I mean, I would let Beyonce eat my pussy, but I'm just saying, like, I, I'm, you know, there's, I don't need that kind of loyalty. I don't, I just, I don't I, know. I have never heard no shit like that. I know, <laughs> I know, like, dudes who will ride or die for Kobe, rest in peace, but nobody has ever said, <laughs> I'd fuck him. <laughs> Just to show him how much I support his game. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh. I'm trying to remember if I was that heavy a fan of any man. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, granted, like there are times where I was like, if that man wanted to fuck my wife mm-hmm. and she was down, would I trip? That that's different. <laughs> <laughs> but this like pre but pre lifestyle. Yeah. I was literally oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, if, yeah. if uh-huh. Obama said you got a beautiful wife, um 
I'd like to hit that. You know, I, 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 I like Belle. Do you love your country? Yeah. First black president, Belle. Mm. Uh, <laughs> that's so funny. That was that was the greatest fuck, fuck, Facebook fuck shit to date. I'm just going to say that. Thank you. I do my best. I do my best. All right. Um, so. But, oh. Go ahead. If you do like Facebook fuck shit, uh, some of the more visual Facebook fuck shits, I'm posting on our Instagram on Fridays. So head over to our page to check those out because I can't really like describe a video on the show, mm-hmm. but I can post it to the Instagram. Okay, so let's move on to the Bombers Bougie broadcast before we... Oh, before we do that, uh, I just want to say APG has a bunch of... I mean, they're they're throwing... um, What the hell? Meet and greets? Mm -hmm. This is really important because (laughs) motherfuckers need meet and greets right now. Um, If y'all not ready to like wild out, wild out, meet and greets are a nice medium. I'm not ready to wild out. Shit. Okay. Well, you don't be you don't be looking at me like I'm crazy at PCAP. <laughs> I'm going in. Um. Anyway, uh, they got a bunch of meet and greets going on. Um. So check out APG. Um. They are our podcast and other content creators throwing um meet and greets. So it should be fun. We're gonna like try and do one this summer. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we have, we're going to have like a mini meet and greet um, while we're in Fort Lauderdale, um, excuse me, while we're in Florida um, during PCAP. You already fucked up and said Fort Lauderdale. I mean, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we're going to have a meeting. Well, this is coming out after that anyway, so it really doesn't matter. Uh, but we're going to have a mini meet and greet, you know, just dip our toes in. And then, yeah, this summer we're going to have one, see how it goes and you know, maybe we'll do one like once a quarter or something. I don't know. Shit. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be great. Um, so, so if y'all want to meet and greet with us, hit us up in the DMS mm-hmm. and that can give us an idea of like how many people, what we need to do, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I have some ideas. Do you? Yeah. I told you about that one idea. Um, <clears throat> why don't you repeat it? It was the um, the beer boat paddle thing. <laughs> the beer boat. See, I have a problem with that. I told you I mean, about I know. that shit. I'm not feeling the whole. No bathroom. Why, don't, why don't you explain? But what there's the a bathroom ba- break, so it's like it's like a twenty person, maybe not that many people, but like a ten person paddle boat bar. So like you, you're like there's a the bar and you're sitting at the bar there's pedals and so you just pedaling the boat around the river <laughs> mm-hmm. and drinking beer because you're sitting at a bar that's ridiculous that's <laughs> but absolutely that, that, ridiculous that sounds fun to me that doesn't sound fun to you it sounds fun but b- drinking beer like i'm gonna piss myself there's a bathroom break no 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 the, no, no. the whole trip is mm-hmm. only like 90 minutes and like halfway through there's a bathroom break i need a bathroom break after every drink of beer nigga you on a boat yeah it's not like, that big you can't, I, you can't just hide taking a leak <laughs> but i'm a just saying like you just <clears throat> i hear what you're saying i really do <laughs> um but you know i'm 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 40 plus so <laughs> n- 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 niggas got a hard time like 
every time I got to go to the bathroom, I want to be able to go to the bathroom. Like, it's just, it, it's not something I want to be worried about. So, yeah. Well, maybe you just can't drink beer on the thing. Nah, yeah, it's going to be hard liquor for me, but I don't, I don't even think they serve hard liquor. No, they don't head. serve, they don't serve hard yeah, liquor. It's not, it's not working for me. Nope. <sighs> All right. <clears throat> um, Shout out to our Patreon members real quick. Uh, Red and G, Chris and Crystal, Napa, Suzanne, Intimacy, Renee B, Dez, Carlos Raft, Big Meat Maine, Just Trying to Be Real, Bedroom Bliss, Marcus, Candy Rain, Melody, Raven, Blasian Couple, Metri, AMCD, D, Lene, R&R, Renee, Vision, Rizzy, Jeremy, Mike, Gil, Texas Bama, Redonia, Clifton, Brown Girl, Silverback, Mr. B, Chadwick, and Ricky. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. We really appreciate it. Um, there's so much you guys helped us out with. So shout out to the Patreons. <clears throat> now it is time for the Bomber's Bougie Broadcast. The Bomber's Bougie Broadcast. I was thinking about something the other day. Hmm. Um, I was thinking about Terminator. <laughs> okay. So you know there's like... That was not what I... Th- okay, you go know, ahead. I, I know it's not. That's that's what makes this the Bomber's Bougie broadcast. <laughs> it could be anything. I could say fucking anything. So fucking Terminator. I was thinking about Terminator, mm-hmm. right? So you know the premise of Terminator is that machines take over the world and mm-hmm. there are like these like robots that got weapons in their hands and they shoot niggas and they fucking take over the world. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I was just thinking like... If machines really were going to take over the world, I think they'd be sex machines. <laughs> Why? Just because because they're like they're so widely available. Have you ever fucked a machine? No. <laughs> Why does that sound so alien to you? Like why does it sound crazy for me to ask you that question? I feel like it would like it would be expensive. <laughs> But how do you define a machine? What is it not just a mechanical device? Uh, yeah. So when you use a vibrator, you put a battery in that shit. No, that's true. You're fucking a machine, ain't you? I guess. Yes, you are. Because I'm not there when you're using the but, vibrator. But like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the the vibrator gonna get up and attack me. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, right? It's a, yes, and you know, even if it did, you could probably handle a vibrator. Like mm-hmm, you just, you know, right. get a broom or something. Like I'm thinking, like a, like you know, like a sex doll, but like with motorized parts. When I think of like a sex machine, <laughs> right? And it's because, because um, I had finished that that book about uh, the the color color of kink. I had finished mm-hmm. that one, and um, one of the last chapters talks about literally fucking machines Mm. machines that fuck and there are entire porn genres that are and i don't know if you heard of these but they're just they're like these pistons with like phallic symbols oh yeah yeah, yeah. you know attachments attachments yeah well isn't that what a sibian is basically yeah yes okay so Widely available. Now you got some machines coming, you know, some machines being developed in Japan because their population is dwindling. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so is ours. Yeah, so is ours. Um, 
yeah, that we talked about that on a Patreon post. Um, it's actually kind of scary out there, y'all. Like, <laughs> you know, we got the Supreme Court trying to uh, trying to kill Roe versus Wade, um, and who knows that shit might be like <laughs> shit might be a last ditch effort to to stop our uh, slow population growth um but um but yeah i had thought about this like we have these machines we are developing all of these machines in order to provide a sexual pleasure mm-hmm. and i was just thinking like if machines were to take over the world they'd begin the the machine like they they begin through the mass production of devices that are meant to give us pleasure. Mm-hmm. So just imagine in your head for a second that you know you got people in the streets literally fighting sex dolls <laughs> and like these really elaborate vibrators. I just I I just I just think it's <laughs> I think it's fascinating. Like we're 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 just we're not taking it seriously. Like we're gonna we're gonna have like VR and mm-hmm. fucking. Um, all kinds of ways people are able to fuck these artificial devices. Mm. Um, mm. And I just I just think that's so... It was just an interesting thought. Mm. Um, so the next time you ladies use a vibrator or use a, or, or use one of those remote control shits, now, now we, we got like these Bluetooth shits, <laughs> remember, you're fucking a machine. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Terminator 2. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> or I'll blow your back out. Yeah. All right, so. Either or. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so before we uh, finish up, there's a, a DM that we got, and I'm just going to read this out. Um, so I am from X country. I, so I'm, I'm reading this out. So this is from, um, this is from N. Uh, so, hey, I have been listening to you guys for a long time, and I really wanted to get your opinion. Me and my partner of almost eight years are in a monogamous relationship. Around two or three years into our relationship, I learned about swinging and wanted to see if our relationship could try it. We visited a swingers club, but my partner did not enjoy it. My partner isn't sexually attracted to anyone else, and she doesn't want to be part of the lifestyle. However, I can't help but want to explore things like swinging parties, and I want to meet couples. I've been recently trying to kill any urge I have to think about others in a sexual way, but we are at the point where maybe we are just not compatible. Should I find a partner who would eventually want to be in the lifestyle or should I just give up on it and stay monogamous? I love everything else about my partner, but the sexual side is just super vanilla. You guys are awesome. The podcast has kept me going over the years. Thank you. I mean, like how much do you love your partner? (laughs) I did not expect you to say that shit. What? I thought you were going to say, like, yo, um, don't leave your relationship for this swinging shit. Well, I would say if if it's if it's to the point where you feel like that you almost want to cheat or, you know, something like that on your partner just to experience the lifestyle, then maybe you need to reevaluate your relationship. Mm hmm. If 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 you feel like the lifestyle is that important to you, maybe you are in the right relationship. But if, you know, all these other characteristics about your partner, um, 
you know you're happy with and you're okay with the sex being vanilla then stay with your partner and your sex can can be interesting without Mm -hmm. it being in the lifestyle right like you can you can spice up your sex life without adding other partners Mm -hmm. yeah so that might be something to explore I would agree with that. Um, but as I was reading this email, I kept thinking that this sounds like the plot to a romantic comedy almost. <laughs> um, because you got this guy who's in this relationship. This is sort of how the movie begins. And it's boring. And then, you know, everything else in their 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 lives is great. But he just really wants to experience this swing of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So then in the middle of the movie, perhaps before um, act two of the film, he decides he's going to leave his partner and jump into swinging and maybe he discovers that as he's trying to swing it is not what it was all cracked up to be like as a single guy in the lifestyle you know how hard this shit is you know how difficult it is you know how much you'll be judged and 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 treated like an escort yeah like you think you're gonna you could you think you're gonna smash the baddest chicks in the room but no my brother you're smashing granny uh-uh. <laughs> you're smashing like some real like if you better like mature porn because that's the kind of swinging lifestyle you're gonna have <laughs> um also it's like i don't know i feel like when people think about swinging sometimes they think about the most ideal version of it mm-hmm. and it's not it's not easy you're gonna experience yeah. a lot of rejection and all of that shit yeah, I think when one of your when you were telling um, one of your friends about the lifestyle, they were expecting like, oh, it's you know a whole bunch of model chicks and you fucking models all the time. And you were mm-hmm. like, nah, <laughs> that's no. that's not what's happening over here. No, it's not. I mean, I've I've had some good times, but um, like it's been, I mean, for me, it's been like. Sometimes we had a really, really good time, but that was one out of every like five events we went to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you know, you picture this guy, he realizes like, oh my gosh, like I threw away a really good relationship for this shit. This is why I did that. And that's the whole like 80-20 you know? thing. Yeah. Like you, if you have 80, don't be, you know, don't lose your 80 chasing the twenty. And it's hard out here. I mean, I don't know what it is. This, this particular listener is not um, writing from the U.S. Um, but the dating world is just fucking scary. Um, I don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> um, so, I mean, if you have a really good relationship, there are ways to, there are ways to spice it up. And, um, you know, I don't... If, you, if everything else in your r- romantic relationship is good... I just don't think this. I don't think it's worth leaving for the 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 lifestyle. Um, honestly, you might discover swinging just isn't your thing. It mm-hmm. might. I mean, you might want a completely different, um, non-monogamous or sexual experience. Um, so I think this is really about you and your partner coming together. Her recognizing that you know you really want to explore. This is a need that you have. Um, how can you do this with her? Mm-hmm. She's not interested in playing with anybody else. Um, 
I totally understand what it's like to have a woman who just has such a difficult time finding a man that she likes because she's super goddamn picky (laughs) and she wants the baddest dude in the room. I do. And it's just like, that's not how this life works. Why not? Come on now. Really? Have you always got the baddest dude in the room? Well, no. no. But that doesn't mean that I can't want him. Yeah, you can want him, but that's like that's like the only thing you're willing to settle for. And I'm just sitting here like, oh, why can't Bell just find? I mean, why why can't Bell work with me? <laughs> There've been just so many times, and it, it'd be some weird, it'd be some dumb shit. She'd be like, oh, you know, he he'd be looking perfect, got like a nice chest, some good shoulders, you know, clean cut. Um, but you know, he's wearing, he's wearing two polos at the same time. And you know, he's got the two collars sticking up and Bella's like, yo, like, nah, I can't do it. I'm like, just ask the nigga to take off one of his polos and make it work. But he made the decision to put both of them on. That's the problem. Okay. Whatever. Anyway. Um, if anybody's listening and you're going to PCAP, make sure you don't put on two polos. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that goes to a uh, uh, a video D- DM that we got from Duchess Cashmere. Mm. Yeah, which I clearly can't play now. Um, but um, do you remember what she asked you? So basically, she <laughs> basically she wanted me to talk about my experience as a straight woman in the lifestyle because most of the times it's assumed that the woman is bi and I don't don't think I've ever actually come out as straight but (laughs) oh my god is it happening today it it might have happened today you so know, you're not even hetero like flexible. I don't know. So I was about to say, sexuality is a spectrum, okay. and so it's it's not as if um, I'm not interested in women, and I, I think we've talked about this a lot on the, on the show. But um, I am not interested in being a relationship with a woman that has never been anything that has been anywhere near my frame of mind or anything like that mm-hmm. um i'm still not interested in eating pussy no <laughs> um but i do appreciate a beautiful woman and i do like depending if like i'm a really into a, a woman i like i want to make out with her i want to kiss mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. i'll suck on her titties she can eat my pussy mm-hmm. but that's that's all i'm interested in have you really been like pleased by a woman eating your pussy? Like, or do you just, or no. do you just tolerate? I mean, it? but I'm, 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 you're not, I, you're not I pretty, kind of, yeah, yeah, I pretty much tolerate anybody, <laughs> my pussy. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, so oftentimes, can we just acknowledge that you came on, you, you started this conversation saying you had to come out as straight? <laughs> that tells you a lot about. <laughs> A, a lot about the lifestyle right there like yeah. coming out is straight it's like you got to keep it a secret right <laughs> no because okay so do you remember the time we were at a house party we were chatting up with this couple and like we were like about to make arrangements to go back to their house 
and but the wife was like oh like but are you into girls and i was like you know i gave my whole spiel like yeah I'm above the waist like right. you know but I ain't eating your pussy and she was like oh no mm-hmm. and and the dude was like trying to be like well just you know just act like you go yeah you that's that? right i remember yeah. right now yeah okay. yeah that was crazy and so the dude was like well just act like you know you gonna eat her pussy or something and i was like no because that's that's not gonna happen like it's, it's there's no point in me pretending i don't want to deal with that level of disappointment in right. your house nigga <laughs> right like, no i'm not no. going I'm not, we're not going back to your house to be like in the bed with her legs spread, like bitch, get at it. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> and then it, it, like, we all butt naked and we got to run out of the house. I'm not, I'm not here for that kind of drama. Nah. Like we not, we not about that life. I but, think, I think what was funniest about that. <laughs> it was like, he was like, do it for me. <laughs> I was like, nigga, who are you? <laughs> Like, I have a whole husband. Like, nigga, who are you? <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, so I have never I have never been one to, like, deceive <laughs> or try to deceive women um, or lead them along. I'm very upfront anytime we meet a couple um, and they ask me about, because that comes up. Like, it, that comes up often about my interest in women. Like, I'm going to be very candid about you know, what I will and won't do. Um, and as far as I feel about it, I give zero fucks whether or not like you're okay with that. Not mm-hmm. like girl home girl that, you know, was like, Oh no, it's like, cool. Like it's not that serious to me. Mm-hmm. Like your nigga ain't that cute anyway. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so, and you know, people like, you know, Oh, so you're a pillow princess. And I have never been offended by that. Like it's supposed to be like kind of derogatory to call Yo, somebody a pillow a sexual <laughs> slur. I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> to call somebody a pillow princess. And I'll be like, yeah, that's me. Uh-huh. My hand raised up in the air, like mm-hmm. over here. Right. Um, but it's, that's never bothered me because it's just, that's, that's who I am. That's my preference. And like, if you're not into that, that's fine. I don't care. So I do get, I guess I do get discriminated against for mm-hmm. not wanting to eat pussy mm-hmm. but fuck y'all and y'all pussies oh damn <laughs> <laughs> oh that is so funny oh uh, yeah so i mean i don't i that, i just i never felt any type of way about it like i'm here for the dick and i get it and like the other, no you like, get you get offered dick <laughs> yeah so you get offered dick and you're constantly smacking it away <laughs> And then it like bounces back and then you got to smack it again. Um, I mean, girls are fun, but it's like, yeah, it's an appetizer for me. It's just fun time. Like, you know, let's play with some titties. Mm -hmm. But then I want to get fucked by a penis. (laughs) (laughs) Not by by a robot penis. No, not by a robot penis. By a real live in the flesh penis. So, you know, people feeling some type of way about whether or not I want to eat pussy or not. And you should be comfortable being a straight woman in the lifestyle. Like not everybody, not every woman is bi and that's okay. And like, you know, just, and if that's not your play style, if you, if you know, if there has to be equal exchange between the women, um, for you to swap, then just be upfront about it, but also don't be a bitch about it. Right. Although I know that some of these dudes out here that have like bi 
by wives, mm-hmm. yo, they are really winning in these streets and the lifestyle. I'm just saying because <laughs> she's the one. Like, if you have the woman literally looking for another woman, like, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I'm because not do that shit. <laughs> the dude could be the dude could be ugly as fuck. She doesn't care. Yeah. She's like, I'm after his wife, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know what? Me too. <laughs> And it just simplifies the mission. Mm-hmm. But you got me looking at the woman and then you're looking at the man. And it's just like too many fucking stars have to align. I'd be looking at the woman too, though. Like she's still got to be cute. Nah, you'd be like, where's her nigga at? Oh, that, that part also. And I'd be like, yeah, you're right. Because usually the woman, the, the woman being attractive Damn, is not a is. problem. Say what? I said the woman being attractive is usually not the problem. No, it's not the problem. But at PCAP, there's, I mean, I don't know if you've been checking out the pictures, but nah. a lot of those dudes worked out. They they work out. It's, mm-hmm. it's a different, it's a different, uh, it's a different crowd um, than we've seen in recent, you know. I've, I've well, been, I think, listen, I told the people, I was like, look, this is the body y'all going to get. <laughs> 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 I did my best. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you could be satisfied with it or not. Again, zero fucks. Oh, nobody's gonna give a fuck about <laughs> how much you. Did I actually met out. my goal. Oh, you did. I did. Mm-hmm. I ain't got no fucking abs, but I still met my goal. Yeah, I met my goal. I don't have abs either, so <laughs> it's gonna be a disappointment to those who have been imagining this voice having abs. <laughs> I got abs; they're just hidden under a few layers. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't give a fuck. I still like what I look at. I, I still like what I see in the mirror. Yeah. Fuck your abs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway, let's wrap this show up. Um, uh, Bella's going to tell y'all how to get in touch with us. Um, but yeah, we hope this is going to be a great summer. Apparently, the CDC said, you know, you can definitely eat butt if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure they did not say if, that. No, they said they said you could eat butt if you're vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm still not doing that shit. Eating butt, <laughs> eating butt. It still sounds sexy. Butt eating. N- no, no. <laughs> I'm gonna still be. Mm, I'm gonna have my mask on on certain occasions because <laughs> I don't I don't know some of y'all some of y'all out here. Wilding still. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just not. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not. I, I was, I was we following. We were already on fuck this mask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I was already following CDC guidelines before them guidelines came out. I'm like, yo, <laughs> if I'm vaccinated and I'm outside, I'm not wearing a mask. Yeah. It does not make any fucking sense. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, I, I'm 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 done with mass. I'm done with this fucking COVID shit. I'm done with this episode. Um, <laughs> yo, thanks for listening. Check us out. Um, Bell is about to let let y'all know how. Peace out. Bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please do check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Black and Kinky. You can also find us under the same name on Cassidy, APG, Amore Getaways, and Patreon. Check us out on Facebook and YouTube under Black and Kinky Lifestyle. Feel free to email us at black, the letter N, kinky, lifestyle at gmail.com. Or call and leave a voice message at 937-462-0744. 
Bye. Black and kinky, black and kinky. Black and kinky lifestyle.